Inspiring solutions to save America one show at a time. Are you ready to get on board? They believe that they can they can destroy this bond that exists between you and Trump if they somehow make Trump look bad, make Trump look like a reprobate, embarrass you about Trump. They can't do it because you came before Trump desperately want Trump gone, and I I know that they desperately want it codified, that Trump cannot run again, because make no mistake, they remain scared to death of you, and they remain scared to death of Trump. Uh, Trump's 75 million, 80 million votes, and I'm going to tell you, you're not going anywhere. Even if Trump does, you're not which I think remains one of our big campaign strengths going forward. They can't separate you from Trump. And more importantly, they can't separate you from the ideas. They can't separate you from MAGA. They can't separate you from Make America Great Again. From sea to shining sea, three hours of bold truth and excellence. The Wendy Bell Radio Program. Welcome back, my friends. Hour number two of the Wendy Bell Radio Program. Delighted to welcome and to thank all of you who've downloaded the Wendy Bell Radio Podcast. Wherever you get your favorite listening material, just plug in those three words, Wendy Bell Radio. Download it onto your tablet, onto your phone. Take us with you wherever you go. I really think you're going to like it. I really do. And I'm grateful to be with you guys. So thanks for being part of our family. Al Gore goes off the rails about mental illness and climate change. What? Is everybody out there seeing things very clearly now? Are you seeing all of the signs? Because it's the same playbook. You can take out, take out COVID, a virus, a vaccine. Oh, no, be afraid. And you can put in the climate. You can put in all these scientists agree. If we don't act now, we've got 50 years at a minimum of these climate wackos with their pants on fire screaming at us, crying to us, gluing their hands to the ground destroying artwork because that's going to save the rainforest. We've got 50 years at a minimum of climate hysteria. This has been, this has been in the works forever and ever and ever. And they're going to tell you carbon dioxide. It's carbon dioxide. That's the stuff that's bad. Well, it's like 0.04% of our, of our atmosphere here. What are we doing? And it's necessary for, I don't know, things to grow and food to actually grow on farms and all that stuff. And you got all these people who've been browbeaten and bribed into this climate hysteria nonsense of suck. And meanwhile, you're like, you know what? Uh, the oceans haven't risen in my entire lifetime. I don't see rivers and creeks and lakes rising out of their spaces we don't see property disappearing underwater if these ice caps are almost all gone anybody who's paying attention knows it's garbage 
Do we affect the environment? Of course we affect the environment. You affect the environment if you go into the, into the woods and you leave litter behind. That affects the ecology of the forest. But are we having this huge impact because we're using stoves and air conditioning and gasoline that's irreversibly damaging the entirety of the planet? No, of course not. Other people might say so. I'm going to say BS to that. Because if Al Gore is talking about it, I don't believe him. So here's the story. And, I, and you have to hear this because you have to be able to identify suck when it comes up. It's a safe bet that when you're writing a story about something Al Gore has said, it will involve climate change and something silly. But even for him, his comments during an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper was off of the rails. It would be fair to say he even went one step further, saying the quiet part out loud and revealing who the real danger to the republic is. It's not your carbon footprint. It's not your gasoline. It's not how many kids you have. It's not whether or not you collect rainwater. It's not if you're growing your own food or you eat fast food. It doesn't matter. It's all about control. Gore spun a comment into Donald, about Donald Trump. Why does every road go back to Donald Trump? Very curious. I want you to hear Jake Tapper with the setup question. What will the world look like under a Donald Trump? These guys already know. They've already resigned to the fact that unless something cataclysmic happens with Donald Trump, Godspeed, I hope it doesn't, that he's going to be the guy, that he's going to be the guy to beat, and he's probably going to be the guy to win. And so every waking moment for the next 11 months is going to be spent breathlessly telling us, oh, a threat to democracy if he gets back in. Why Al Gore would be trotted out as being somebody that anybody gives a rip about is beyond me. But then again, this is CNN, and we know what that stands for. Here's Jake Tapper. What will the world look like under this tyrannical, crazy man, Donald Trump? Go. It, it does look lo like uh, the, the 2024 election will come down to President Biden uh, versing, versus uh, former President Trump. Um, and I'm wondering what you think uh, the world would look like under uh, uh, President Trump uh, being reelected, which is certainly uh, a possibility, not only when it comes to the climate, uh, but also when it comes to democracy. Spit it out, Jake. What is it going to Well, we already know what it looked like. We had four years of it. We had record low unemployment. We had record low uh, inflation. We had record low gas prices. We had prosperity. We had opportunity. We had people who were taking more uh, of their paychecks and being able to stash it elsewhere. Our money went further. We felt safer. It wasn't crazy town USA. And then ever since you clowns got in, everything went to hell in a handbasket. What is this democracy going to look like under Donald Trump, Al Gore? As though anybody gives him a, a rip about your blowhard opinion. Oh, I want you to hear what rich, fat cat, elite globalist suck sounds like in five seconds. It's predicated by a guttural laugh <laughs> and just dumb. Go. Well, I saw the other day where he pledged to be a dictator on day one. <laughs> I heard he pledged to be a dictator on day. No, he didn't. No, no, he didn't, Al. He said the first thing they was going to do 
after Sean Hannity said, you're not going to be a dictator. I mean, people are saying you're going to be like this lunatic, wacko dictator like Joe Biden. I mean, you're not going to do that. And Trump said, mm, tongue in cheek and also seriously, except on day one. And Sean was like, what? And he's like, yeah, uh, day one when we go drill, drill, drill and we build the wall. Oh, my gosh, Trump, the dictator. Al, you know what? It's unfortunate that you have become Chris Christie-ish uh, in your um, physical embodiment, sir, but still your vacuous mental state and your lack of any kind of a persuasive argument about anything revolving the climate is a joke. <laughs> then he's going to continue. He's going to say, you know, what's it going to take for the world to wake up and see who this man is? No, we see who this man is. He's continually accused of things. He's continually indicted and invaded and his privacy destroyed. He's been wiretapped. You guys have made up phony baloney garbage about him. There was a dossier of nonsense and everything that you try to do makes him more popular, which is why you guys are deranged. Here's Al Gore number two. And you kind of wonder uh, what it'll take for people Ugh. to uh, believe him when he tells us uh, who he is. Yeah, we do. We know who he is. That's why he's crushing you guys in the polls. That's why 60% of Democrats, Republicans, and independents combined believe that all of these indictments and criminal charges are nothing more than a political witch hunt. We know better, Al, and you know we know better, which is why they've brought you out on the dolly of suck to try to convince us all that he's such an existential threat. Okay, he's not done. And then he's going to get into something weird. He's going to go completely off the rails here. He's going to go from Trump and he's going to now try to tell people, hey, hey, if you love this country, if you love clean air, right, you're going to take action and get politically motivated. What? Listen. And, uh, you know, the the solution to political uh, despair is political action. And for those in in the Republican Party and the Democratic Party and independents who love American democracy and who want to mm. preserve our capacity to govern ourselves uh, and solve our problems, now's the time uh, to get active. We are, which is why you guys are sucking wind in the polls. You couldn't be more correct here about this, Al. This is it. The solution to political despair is political action. Y yeah. The pushback against three sucky presidents of colleges and universities. The pushback against a suck idea that a dude can be a chick and we're supposed to drink that beer. That pushback against a woman who's been largely toxic in Congress who believes that just because she should be mayor of Houston who gets thumped. Yeah, the time for action's now, and we've acted. How does it feel, Al? Finally, this is it. He's going to lump all this together with some sort of mental health thing, because that makes sense. Listen. You know, there's a, there's a mental health crisis around the world, Jake, that we hear people talking about. I think that one of the main reasons for that uh, is that young people look uh, at the fact that we are not yet solving the climate crisis or dealing with uh -huh. some of these other challenges uh, and we hear this word thrown around poly crisis well solving the climate crisis is a poly solution 
We know what to do. We have the means to do it. And we have to make sure uh, that we make the right political choices oh. in our democracy to enable ourselves to make the right choices. He got every single talking point into one complete non sequitur answer to a question he was not asked. <laughs> Don't vote for Donald Trump because we're going to lose our minds. Oh, Eric Holder, though, I got a little beautiful Eric Holder sound for you. What the former attorney general said that I don't think he meant to say next on the Wendy Bell Radio program. So this is kind of important. There's a CNN host who's asking Eric Holder over the weekend, right? This is one of, I think we can argue, one of the most corrupt attorneys general ever what would happen if donald trump is re-elected and then chooses a corrupt ag he's going to give you an answer that's not only being executed right now by joe biden and his administration against donald trump but this has been executed and was executed for eight years under barack obama listen to eric holder's answer to what would happen if Trump is reelected and chooses a corrupt attorney general, go. You just describe a little bit in terms of um, the role of and how it would transform if an attorney general were not looking at things purely from the facts, purely from the evidentiary burden and how to meet it, but instead taking directives on who to prosecute from the president of the United States. Sure. If the president told a compliant attorney general, uh, I don't like what this congressman said about me or did about me, did to me over the course of the last two, three years, whatever, open an investigation um, on that person. That attorney general could tell a compliant United States attorney to do just that. Talk to a compliant FBI director who could be place uh, by the the president to open an investigation and then to just look through that person's life and look for anything that you possibly um, can find. Um, and uh, who's to say what you find in any person's life that might run afoul uh, of the law and even beyond that, the fact, the mere fact of an investigation of a person who is a public figure can be reputation ruining, can be politically damaging, not even if you find anything, just the, the fact that the investigation itself um, exists. And if you've got the full weight of the Justice Department, the full weight of the presidency, the full weight of the FBI um, focusing on somebody like that, um, that can be extremely damaging to Ooh. not only that person individually, but to our democracy writ large. Ah, uh, there it is, that threat to democracy, Trump again, oh my gosh. So who are you talking about? Mr. Attorney General, you're talking about Joe Biden and Merrick Garland and David Weiss and who else? And Christopher Ray, And then all of don't forget all your minions in the media who have to carry the water and the store. You've got to let CNN know that you're going to be raiding the former president's house at Mar-a-Lago. Right. I mean, you've got to work in tandem with with the National Archives to make sure all of these things. You've got to work with the, pre the president. Joe Biden has got to waive the former president's executive privilege in order for all of this stuff to start. And Eric Holder is sitting here trying to tell us what could happen if Donald Trump becomes president again and weaponizes the federal government against his enemies like you guys do because you're so corrupt and dirty and you're going to sit there and the CNN host is going to be like, oh, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be serious. This is a very interesting poll. Generation Z. Are you guys familiar with these people? Zoomers? I have three of my sons are Gen Z, 18 to 24. 
specific subset, Generation Z, does not trust Joe Biden. And there is something that's very interesting from this Harvard youth poll that I don't think many people are talking about right now. We probably won't get through the whole thing here, but it'll carry on to the next segment. Here you go. The latest Harvard youth poll has been released and it reveals significant dissatisfaction with President Biden and the direction of the country and a precipitous drop in interest in voting among young people leading into the 2024 election. First, Turnout among younger people is likely to be down, way down, compared to where it was in 2020. Only 49% of 18 to 29-year-olds say they definitely plan to vote. That's down a full 8 percentage points from 57% in the fall of 2019. But what's more, young people tend to overshoot their likelihood to participate. Actual turnout for 18 to 24-year-olds was about 50%. From the center for the Center for Information and Research on Civic Learning and Engagement, given this latest polling, dot dot dot, it is entirely possible youth turnout is going to be in the low 40s, and that's going to have a significant impact on the Democrat Party's chances. Voters 18 to 29 support Joe Biden over Donald Trump by 24 points. That was the 2020, and they were one of the key coalitions that plopped Biden into the White House. Now, not only are young people significantly less interested in voting in 2024, their support for Biden and Democrats is rapidly eroding, especially among young whites. Both factors pose serious threats to Biden's reelection prospects. And I want to go through these three things for you. I'll teaser beezer you with one of them. Very young Americans are trending slightly more conservative than those who are a few years older. The 18 to 24 year old Zoomers are more likely to be pro-life and approve of the GOP and say that the U.S. is on the wrong track compared to slightly older voters, according to this poll. Now, wait a minute. What is going on on college campuses? They're supposed to be indoctrinated. They're supposed to be clone troopers. Is all of this connected to all of this anti-Semitism ugliness? You cannot reason away crazy. Continue the conversation. Do not miss it. Coming up next on the Wendy Bell Radio Network. All right, so this poll, Harvard Youth Poll, it's very interesting. Now, I live with young people. So three of my kids will fall into this Generation Z slice of 18 to 24-year-olds. And apparently, these, these people called Zoomers, Gen Z voters, representing the youngest half of those polled ages 18 to 24, are more likely now to be pro-life, approve of the GOP, And say that the U.S. is on the wrong track compared to slightly older voters, according to this poll. According to the poll, voters 18 to 24 approve of Republicans by eight points more than voters ages 25 to 29. Zoomers are also more likely than voters ages 25 to 29, say they are pro-life, et cetera, et cetera. And more likely than older voters to say the country is on the wrong track. Now, beyond that, on national security and on the economy. 
Young people trust Donald Trump over Joe Biden by wide double digit margins. Young people trust Trump over Biden to handle the economy by 15 percentage points, 15 and to handle national security by 10 percentage points. Given that economic issues in the wars in Ukraine and Israel are key issues leading into the next election, young people's lack of trust in Joe Biden on these metrics could be disastrous for Democrats. And finally, and this is the interesting part, finally, when isolating young white voters, young white, Donald Trump is ahead on virtually every metric. Young whites trust Trump over Biden on the economy by 25 points on national security by 21 percentage points and by strengthening the working class by and on strengthening the working class by 16 percentage points. Young whites also trust Trump over Biden on crime by 15 percentage points on immigration by 17. Young whites trust Trump over Biden on the Israel Hamas war by 13 points and on the Russia Ukraine war by seven points young Americans whether they choose to vote or not will have a significant impact on this 2024 election they represent over 40 million eligible voters including over 8 million new voters who were ineligible to vote in 2022 and 2020 young people especially whites and those under the age of 25 are souring on the Biden administration and could significantly obstruct Democrats by staying home or by moving toward the GOP at the margins. Now, that's interesting. This is stunning. There is absolutely no selling Bidenomics. It's dead when you have headlines such as this. In Joe Biden's America, food banks are fighting to meet demand as one in seven people struggles with food insecurity. One in seven in the United States of America in the year 2023. According to the Federal Department of Agriculture's Household Food Insecurity Report, in 2022, 12.8% of Americans were classified as food insecure, which means they're not starving. But they're not certain that they have enough food to have three meals every day. The report noted that food insecurity rose from 10.2% in 2021, amounting to an increase. And this is where the number gets you 3.5 million households 3.5 a woman with the ballard food bank in seattle washington said in a report published friday it is getting harder to meet the needs of an increasingly growing hungry public it's not only our guests who come into shop she says we're also seeing it on us as we go to buy food it's costing us Way more to buy food for the more people who are coming through our doors. Now, Corrine Jean-Pierre wants you to believe that no, the cost of eggs is down three pennies, silly. I mean, that's success. That's victory. Wow. 
For us, we are seeing more than double the number of people coming in to, to get food. Food inflation, food scarcity, and how about this? I want to read you this. A shocking number of teenagers who don't have enough food. 13% of American teens suffer from food poverty. Do you think that might play a role into this Harvard youth poll where folks are saying, young voters are saying, I trust Donald Trump more. I didn't worry like this before. Our children ought not be worried about getting food. In the whole Bidenomics storyline, we would be remiss if we did not speak of this story. And it goes in kind of hand in, in glove with Al Gore preaching about climate this and all the nonsense that you're supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel better. Don't be selfish. It's for the greater good. This is why liberals take pictures of themselves with their stupid vaccine card, because it's all about the illusion of do-goodery, because that is baked into their identity. I'm going to do something that's for everybody's benefit. And it's not enough that I'm going to do what I want you you to know that I've done it and I'm going to put it out there. And then beyond that, if you don't do it, too, I'm going to browbeat you. I'm going to come after you because that's what's called triggered. Boom. How about this story? Car owner shocked to learn the cost of a new hybrid battery was more than he paid for the car. All right, so we've got... My son has a hybrid car in California. Great thing in California if you're going to do some city driving and not a whole lot of distance driving. Every time you hit the brake, your generator or your battery recharges itself. That's why he gets 580 miles for a tank of gas. It's brilliant until it's not, which is why once the thing goes sideways, you're screwed. How many people, when they buy a a used hybrid, say, um, what is it going to cost if that battery goes haywire? Because, ladies and gentlemen, this dude I'm going to tell you about just got it punched in his face. Here's the backstory. Then we have a little bit of sticker shock audio for you. Old hybrid vehicles can come with massive bills when their batteries die. As an Arizona man recently found out. We thought it was bad when all the Teslas that got burned up or that got wet in the in the hurricane in Florida last year, earlier this year, right? When all those things sparked fires and the fire department was like, there's no, there's not enough water to put out those fires once these batteries go bananas. Scary. Here's the story. Lucas Turner was driving his 2014 Infinity Hybrid when its check engine light made its annoying appearance on the scene. Not good, but with fewer than 70,000 miles, 70,000 miles on his vehicle. He was not expecting the bill would be a whopper. Well, oops, he was wrong. He said they called me and said, ah, I got some bad news, Mr. Turner. You need a new hybrid battery well let me not spoil his thunder and steal it for you here we're gonna we're gonna go out to this little story of him and his sticker shock as he's talking to a local producer or a a local reporter in arizona who happens to be sharing a story of quite the repair bill listen 
When the check engine light went on, Lucas Turner knew he had a problem, but it was worse than he thought. Oh, I almost cried. The dealership's diagnosis for his 2014 Infiniti Hybrid with less than 70,000 miles on it was unexpected. They called me and said, oh, I got bad news, Mr. Turner. Um, uh, you need a new hybrid battery and it's going to cost $18,000 for the battery and another 2000 to have it installed. And I'm like, oh my God, my jaw dropped. Here's the bill. $20,744.90 for a new hybrid battery. Lucas bought the car about three years ago for $16,000 and just paid it off. I can't make Ugh. this make sense in my mind. How does it cost $20,000 to just put a battery in a car which only paid 16. When I bought the car, it came with the battery, came with wheels, came with a frame, came with a body, came with glass and everything, came with an engine, but they want 20 just for a battery? I, I, it makes no sense in my mind. According to NerdWallet, the cost to replace a hybrid battery typically ranges between $1,000 and $8,000. What? And then you put in all the other stuff? 20000 Now look, this guy's not the only guy, of course. Is this not exactly what we predicted was going to happen? You're going to cling on to something, climate change, that is not demonstrably or scientifically agreed upon or proven. You're going to use it as an emotional way to browbeat people who need that external, I'm such a good person, look at me driving my Tesla around. Oh my goodness, I care, right? We're going to con you people who are easily manipulated. We're going to have not enough charging stations the ones that we have are going to be run by diesel power we're not going to let you know that because that kind of ruins the whole ev thing <laughs> and then we're not going to have an infrastructure at all in the country that can support it and the people who are supposed to replace things that are going haywire aren't going to know how to do it and the technology is going to be exorbitantly overpriced but by golly you did get your selfie with your Tesla and your new charging station that you had an electrician come to your house and put in next to your house for you. <laughs> oh, this guy got so screwed. They called me and said, oh, we have bad news, Mr. Turner. Yeah, I would say yes. So what are you going to do? You just paid off $16,000. you are going to have to pay twice that now from the cost of the... You're going to pay twice for having a car because you wanted to do the right thing and you thought it sounded like a good idea. And it wasn't. All right, don't go anywhere because here's what I want to do. I want to get a little bit deeper into this story. This is teenagers. Teenagers. 13% of American teens don't know where their food is going to come from. Wait, what? And they want you to reelect Joe Biden? Are you out of your mind? Next. These are the sorts of things that we can rally around. We don't need esoteric things. Is there a war in Ukraine? Ostensibly, yes. It's amazing to me that nobody covers it on a, nightly, on a nightly basis. You don't get any headlines. You don't see any video. You don't see any progress. You don't know where your hundreds of billions of dollars are going. When here in our own neighborhoods, our own streets, there are people who do not have enough food to eat. And it is particularly exacerbated by this administration, by their policies of suck. 
This headline by Zero Hedge, I just... We ought not be saying these things in this country. We know better. We can do better. 13% of American teens suffer food poverty. Program for International Student Assessment. I was talking to you guys about this this past week. We were talking about math score. Maybe I was talking about this on my Newsmax program over the weekend. And they gauge all these scores, all these different aptitudes, et cetera, et cetera. And it shows that students, particularly in the 10th grade, 15-year-olds, are sucking serious wind when it comes to math, which we are not surprised about. Randy Weingarten is going to tell you that it is COVID. Well, sister, it's been three years and that ship sailed a long time ago. And you've already prioritized the youth of Ukraine over our students. So how about you just go, you know, pack your bags and move along, sister. In addition to questions on math, science and reading, the triennial PISA exam sought answers on the well-being of students with questions about bullying and mental health and food insecurity. Students aged 15 years were asked whether they've had to skip a meal once a week, two to three times per week, four to five times per week, every day, almost every day, or never or almost never in the month leading up to the survey. The results found that in each of the 67 countries and economies that provided data on this question, each one, children were missing out on meals due to being unable to afford them. Data shows that in 18 countries and economies, more than one in five students reported insecurity, food insecurity with 67.8% of children missing at least one meal. How about some countries that we're closer with? United Kingdom, 10.5% of students, teenagers, 15-year-olds, having problems with comfortably knowing where food is coming. United States, 13%. More than one in 10 kids in this country who's 15 who participated in this has questions about where their meals are coming from what and we have Al Gore blowharding us about how Donald Trump is going to be a threat to democracy look nobody is perfect there is no perfect administration there is no perfect woman or man but when it came to Stress-free, hassle-free, free living. We had that. And every sign and poll suggests that we want that back. Trump beats Biden in Wall Street Journal national poll for the first time. In a hypothetical 2024 head-to-head Trump now beats Biden for the first time. With just their names on the ballot, Trump leads Biden by a four-point margin, 47 to 43%. This is according to the New Journal poll published Saturday. And that lead extends to six points of 37 to 31% lead. 
for Donald Trump when five potential third-party candidates are included in the survey. Among them, independent Robert F. Kennedy Jr. stands at 8%, which is about half of the five candidates' combined support. While Trump is widening his lead among the 2024, ahead rather, of the 2024 presidential election, the incumbent president's approval ratings continue dropping the closer voters get to casting their ballots next November. According to the latest poll, 37% of respondents approve of Biden's job performance. 61% disapprove, marking a new low in his presidency. For those of us paying attention, This is maddening because I bet this has been like this for a lot longer than these folks have reported it. Trump is obviously currently the front runner, yada, yada. The survey also finds Biden's policies, including Bidenomics, aren't a winning strategy for his reelection campaign. I don't know, because maybe teenagers are going to bed hungry. 53% say they've been hurt by his policies. Only 23% say the opposite. In contrast, Trump's policies generally gained more favor, with 49% saying his administration helped them, while 37% disagreed. Trump is currently, as you well know, the frontrunner in the Republican race, wide margin, yet a set of hypothetical one-on-ones in the poll show that South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley beats Biden by an even wider margin than would be former the former president of or Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Haley has a 17 point. I do not believe that 17 point lead, 51 to 34 percent. DeSantis ties with Biden, 45 to 45. A Thursday poll also released by the journal showed Haley's recent rise in the race for the GOP nomination. Obviously, due to her four strong debate performances, again, I don't believe this because there was a poll in which she looked really inadequate and small. And that was last week. This poll will not have taken that into account. The Saturday Journal poll, which has a margin of error of 2.5 percentage points, surveyed 1,500 respondents across the U.S. from November 29th to December 4th. Interesting. What does it tell us? Probably not much yet, except that they're panicking, freaking out. Did you guys know that in one action, Elon Musk was able to show that X works more as a constitutional republic than our Congress? How do I know this? Well, Alex Jones factor is in, and we will explain. Don't miss this conversation. Hour three of the Wendy Bell Radio program on deck next.